A bottle of your best champagne and put it on my bill. Very well, sir. Captain, please. Oh, please, monsieur. It is a little game we play. They put it on the bill, I tear up the bill. It is very convenient. Yeah, let's cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return. And I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know this. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Hello, Rump X, Nice and Jacks. I'm Tim Allen. burn on the board. SP Futures down today after a nice update yesterday. Down 32, and the SP Futures down 137. We're not down as much as we were up, but this isn't exactly what people thought. We thought maybe we'd, thought maybe we'd get a little follow through. So far, no. Speaking of follow through, do we have Mr. Lou? Yes, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Uh, I'm uh, a little uh, froggy this morning. I was up at an event. Uh, till fairly late last night, but that involved a lot of talking. And uh, in this altitude and this dryness, anything that involves a lot of talking messes your voice up for the next day. Mm. Um, See, so, you now you should do what the singers used to do in Las Vegas. They had a microphone that actually honey sprayed and, uh, honey and lemon juice. <laughs> well, no, they would. They had a microphone that would like spray uh, like steam or water vapor at them while they were singing. Mm. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Well, that that Vegas is Vegas is drier than Denver, so that probably would that probably would work. I wasn't using a microphone, however. This was just conversation. We, um, my my class is having its forty fifth reunion. Really, our Air Force Academy class is having its forty fifth reunion this year. So, like an idiot, I volunteered to um, to oversee the thing. And uh, last night was the first the first event, so I was I was on my feet, pretty much talking for. Five hours nonstop. You got a big turnout. I'm sorry. Say again. Is there a big turnout? Um, yeah, more than we more than we thought. Um, we were we were expecting, you know, maybe maybe 200, 200 people out of the class. The class we've got, I think we've got about eight hundred left in the class now, maybe a little less, and uh, we were expecting about a two hundred person turnout, and we just about doubled it. So, uh, you know, it's 200 people with their, you know, with their spouses, so uh, or partners. So, pretty good, pretty good turnout. Um, well, good. The uh, is is the world messed up enough today? I'm just reading all this, all this stuff. The annexation of the places in Ukraine. What they say now, they have the right since it's their property to defend it with nuclear bombs, which is an interesting yeah, we twist. Knew, we, we knew we knew that was coming. <laughs> and. Uh, and somebody blew up the pipeline, so it's not—it's not even usable now. Both of them, or one of them. Um, I—I I think it's just—I think it's—they they punch holes in both of them, but um, the uh, multiple holes, I think, in the uh, in the one that was was actually active. And uh, yeah, I—I I, I mean, the the question that somebody asked it. You know, as to who did it was if it was you think it was the Russians, why would they not just turn the turn the spigot off? And I I responded because they want they don't want people to know that they were the ones that did it, and they want to cast they want to they want to cast some doubt on on that. I mean, you had 
you had the president basically saying in last February, if Russia invades, Nord Stream would disappear. Um, and uh, that, that, I'm sure, the Russian press is blasting that little vignette out, along with the vignette of him calling out for one of his dead colleagues less than a day after um, having or meeting with members of her family to offer condolences and, you know, making an announcement about some donation to her foundation. Um, I'm sure the Russian press is having a field day with that. Who is this? This um, is a... I'm sorry? Who did, who did what? Oh, the president The president called out as he was speaking publicly. He, he asked, he thought some, he, he called out to somebody in the crowd saying, where is, what's her face? And it was that congresswoman that was killed in that car accident in Indiana. Oh. And, and he'd, he'd met with her family the day before, you know, to offer his condolences. And, and then just forgot she was dead, I guess. Um, um, it's, uh, it, 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 just another marker of, of his decreasing mental capacity, which was never very great to begin with. Um, anyway, I'm sure the Russians have been, have been having a field day with that, and it would not surprise me one bit if, if they were the ones that, that sabotaged it. Uh, again, just to, just to make, a, a make a point here with, uh, you know, with Europe's vulnerability. I mean, that, having said that, I mean, I suppose we could have done it. Um, I would love to think that we were Machiavellian enough to do it, but I, I don't know. Um, you know, the, the, it's an environmental disaster as well as a, uh, an economic one. Well, what's what's, what's, what's it's the... Very effective, it's a very effective way of weaning them off the gas. Well, what's the, what's the repair? I mean, how long did it take to fix it? Well, we don't, you know, NATO doesn't own it. The Danes don't own it. It's owned by Rosneft uh, or uh, Gazprom, and and so it's a Russian pipeline. They've got responsibility for or they've got a responsibility for fixing it. Um, I don't know if, if Denmark or Sweden or um, any of the Baltic states has the the where or Germany has the you know the naval wherewithal to go down there and and make that undersea repair. Presumably somebody does. But now this thing, this thing, this thing, and it's not their pipeline. I mean, if they they get down there and start messing with it, you know, the uh, these companies could come in and, and say, "Hey, you guys can't do that." All right. So this pipeline essentially lays on the sea bottom. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So, so it's some kind of a flexible or something. Well, it, it's a it's an undersea pipeline, and whether you say flexible, I mean, I don't think it's like a rubber hose. Well, I didn't, I didn't mean that necessarily, but I mean, it would be hard to start welding things together underwater. It has to be some way, it has to have been, it, it, had to, it has to have been, you know... Uh, well, it's seg- I mean, presumably, presumably it's segmented. It's not a giant, it's not a giant, you know, one single giant tube that they, that they uh, dropped into place. And, and at the same, you know, all at the same time. And I presume they did weld it underwater. They made big long segments and dropped those in and then and welded them underwater and um, well, how, how deep, connected them. How deep is the water there? I mean, uh, I mean, if it's like a mile deep, that's a, that's a tough do. But it's not, no, I mean, it's, 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 that's not a very deep 
area. They're laid in along the coastline. Looking at the map of it right now, it's, it's kind of laid along the coastline. So you 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 know you put it down and it's it's reasonably safe. I mean, it's probably a, probably a hundred feet, you know, something like that. All right. So it's not. We're not talking about putting a pipeline across the Atlantic. I mean, we're you know miles down and stuff. No. No, that that <clears throat> actually raises another interesting infrastructure issue, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, it, 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 that's one of the things that you know, if if the Russians decide they want to play, uh, they want to play hardball, they could they could using submersible assets cut the uh, the internet cable or the the transatlantic cable system that would effectively kill the internet on that side of the world. I mean, there are other, there are other nodes we can use, but but that would be a that would be a huge damaging thing to uh, to you know, economics and uh, or economies and and transactional work. Well, is he the pipeline itself? The pipeline itself is is you know it's quite vulnerable if you have the submersible assets, and, and I'm I'm sure it was sabotaged. I I'm pretty sure it was it was the Russians, and you know they. They did it to send a very clear message to Europe and to further, you know, that there is a pipeline through Ukraine and through, um, they've got one other place, not obviously not with a capacity of Nord Stream to, uh, to move gas into, into Europe, but it's a very clear way of further creating economic chaos in, in, in Europe. And, and that's what they're up to. That's what they want. Well, it, it seems to me that, again, you can accuse me of having my, Midwest mentality, which I guess I can't shake, but um, I don't. Are you sure that that? Not, are you sure that Putin has the right read of the Russian people? I mean, he's constricting people. He's cutting back on their on the sales of stuff. The, the econ- economy of Russia has to be horse bleep at this point. I mean, is is, a, is is that group ready to pay this price? I mean, is he talking about you know 1960s Russia? or Is he talking about 2022 Russia? Well. There's not. I don't think there's a heck of a lot of difference between between the mentality of the leadership in 1960s Russia and. I'm not talking about the leadership. I'm talking about the population. You're talking about the people. Yeah. Uh, Well, okay. First of all, the people of Russia generally supported supported, and I think support the war. Now that as as these. as this draft starts to take effect, maybe that maybe that will change. But they generally support the war, and and they have um, they have couched this conflict as as Russia against NATO, and and direct interference with with Russian internal affairs. Um, the, the the nuke threat that he's just issued, which under, under most, in most cases would have your, your population, I think, pretty, pretty concerned, does not seem to have bothered the Russian people. And, and so, I, I, you know, my, my personal opinion is that he, does, he doesn't really worry about popular support right now. He's got um, a very solid base of, of people in, in Russia who, who will support the, the action. He's extremely effective, although not as effective as the Chinese, but he's effective at stomping out internal dissent. And um, as long as they can couch this as you know, West against the you know against against Russia kind of conflict, I think the Russian people will generally understand and will generally make the sacrifices necessary to support what's going on. 
Well, again, you can't we can't judge everybody by ourselves, but I'm going to say the issue the issue he's got to worry about, I think, is his military, and and you know if he if he loses control of the military or if the military decides they've had enough, um, he he could be he could be in real trouble. But I don't I don't see that happening. Well, it seems from here and again, the danger is that I judge other people by by us, but. I think early on, very early on, even though I was very young, uh, a lot of people thought that, hey, uh, we were stopping communism in Vietnam. There was people who thought we were, we need, we need to kick some ass in, 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 in Iraq, even though they had nothing to do with 9-11. And the same thing in Afghanistan. But as time goes by and the body bags keep coming, and you sit there and you go, do we really have an agenda here? What are we doing? It seems like your, your initial jolt is for patriotism and you believe your people and you say this you know the Iraq war is, is necessary because of whatever what was it was it the buried uh, weapons of mass destruction and all this stuff and all of a sudden you get over there and as time goes by you find out that maybe the story it was we're told was not the right one it to me it's it's like a uh, it's something that grows after a while like I'm sure I'm sure everybody wants to be patriotic over there and jumps on the Ukraine bandwagon. Well, now they're not doing so hot. And now it looks like you know there's more and more involved. And by the way, what are we gaining on this? That, to me, based on what's happened here, this it becomes a growing descent. In my opinion, well, here is what happened here. Is that that's what I would consider the danger to be for him. But then again, I don't know about yeah. by Russia. But well, well, I, I mean, you're right about about the using our our window to look at to look at Russia and how. How it's responding, but I mean, my take on this is that this—he's not really worried about how his population is going to react. Number one, because he's got pretty good control of it, and number two, because of the way he's couched this as a, you know, as a war against with the West against against you know Russia, and, and he's playing on the what I would consider to be sort of classic Russian cultural paranoia about the West. He, which, which you know, still doesn't mean they're not out to get you, um, and and playing on on as I said when we first talked about this, these great Russian nationalism type themes that reinforce the um, you know the, this this view of Russia as the cultural savior of the world and the spiritual savior of the world, and and that they are, you know the country is under assault by by not just you know, political rivals, but you know, morally depraved, uh, you know, entities, and and that's one. By the way, one of the ways he they characterized Ukraine uh, as a country that was being run by criminals and and thugs and uh, drug dealers and drug addicts, uh, and and we're, you know, that that's what we're going to liberate. That's the that's the pitch that's been given to the Russian people. Yeah, well, the, uh, we might think that the. People in Nicaragua are led, led by a bunch of crooks too, but that doesn't give us the right to take it. Well, but but in the you know this all this all interleaves, chief. Yeah, I understand. If you if if you know let, let's say New Mexico to pick some you know generally uh, obscure place in the United States. Let's say the people of New Mexico decided that they wanted to join Mexico. You know, and and. They decided they were going to uh, they were going to just secede, and and uh, 
we we decided that you know we, 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 the country decides to take action against them, and um, you know the Mexicans start supporting it, and other countries start pouring support into Mexico, into New Mexico, and and uh, you know conflict breaks out there. You know, our our government our government would say yeah we've got the right to go in there and the right to take it back, and that's the way that's the way the Russians the Russians view uh, Ukraine. The the events of they have about 1993 they, they get about have, ten have places not, like that have not changed that have not changed that perception. Well, when when they when they when the thing broke up, some somebody in power there said that was okay. I mean, there's all kinds of other places. I mean, there's like five or six other well, places they can go after those now too. Well, I mean, yeah, I yeah, think I, that's I, the goal. Probably is. I mean, they they did some they did something similar in Georgia in 2008, and we didn't do anything. Well, you know, that, the, was uh, the, that was the first big. That was one of the first big foreign policy tests uh, of the new administration, and and uh, or not 2008. Was it 2008? Anyway, they invaded Georgia, and and you know, in an effort to to try to send the word that to the rest of the Soviet states, former Soviet states, hey, we're coming for you, Jack. And then in 2014, they invade Ukraine. We don't do anything except we go in and start training the Ukrainian military, pouring millions in there, and Hunter Biden gets rich. Um, and, and then, you know, they, they calculated that we would not we would not respond to a kind of lightning strike. We would, we would if we were faced with a fait accompli, we would not, we would not Respond, and so what they've just done with with this annexation is they're now upping the ante to to say uh, this is now our territory, and if Ukraine lobs lobs weapons into that that we will consider that to be an attack on Russia, and that will justify our use of, of nukes if we if we decide we're going to use them. Um, the uh... nobody nobody in their right mind. Uh, in, in the West would make such a would make such a statement. You know, we 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 tend to be notwithstanding whatever's coming out of the president's mouth. You know, in the last fifteen minutes, we we tend to be very circumspect about the circumstances under which we would use, you know, nuclear weapons. But if 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 they crank a nuke over Ukraine, and it it would likely be maybe a demonstration blast on some place like Snake Island or maybe over the Baltic. But if they if they attack a target in Ukraine with a nuclear weapon, um, the, the entire nature of this conflict changes. Um, I would I would suspect we would move with non nuclear means and non maybe even non kinetic means to try to bring down their their economy. You know, shut down their internet, do cyber attacks, uh, do everything we can to to uh, shut down their the government's ability to, to well, operate, other than uh... you know, inflict a lot of harm on their people. But but make no mistake about it. Once that fire break is crossed, it, it, all bets are off as to what the next step would be. I would agree. Other than uh, I'm, I'm a little curious with uh, <clears throat> Mr. Biden, uh, <clears throat> and he has got to be stuck being for all those people every day. Probably screw up too. But um, I'm I'm surprised they have him out doing so much because the Republicans. I mean, you never saw Reagan in the last three years, and you really. He never saw Bush. He was not comfortable in front of people, and he just didn't go. What do you want? Like how many months without a news conference? Well, well, Biden. This Biden has not given. You know, he's made public appearances, scripted very careful scripted right. appearances, but he's not given a press conference in what two hundred days. Okay, what I'm saying that he's not the first president to be 
somewhat protected as as for their weaknesses. But my, I guess my not question like, not like this, and and I agree with you. I think it's a surprise that they're putting him out there as much as they are. Yeah, I am. But That's what I'm surprised. He, he's. I think this is I think this is a function of, of the fact that they are concerned about what's about to happen. The Democrat uh, Democratic leadership is concerned about what's about to happen, it, or what they think is, may happen in the midterms. Um, they need him to to be present. Uh, although although he's 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 an anchor, they don't want him campaigning for a specific person. No, because he's, he's such a, a dead weight. But they they do need him out there. To sort of send this message that uh, the people on the other side are the enemies of democracy, that um, you know they're capitalizing on, on the Dobbs decision, which they can use to terrorize uh, to terrorize you know half the half the electorate. Why well, I don't and I don't despite all this I don't not, sure. I, I think I think I think it's a mistake putting him out there because I don't think whatever drugs they're giving him I I don't think they're working very well. Well the. Uh my where my question really is is despite all that, as much as I would love to be, I mean I'm obviously very critical of the. Uh, uh, we'll talk about what's going on in Britain here after the break, but I'm very critical of the financial uh, leadership worldwide over the last 15 years. And I mean I never wanted to be right on this, but boy I'm spot on. I, I don't want to be, but I I'm not so sure. I can criticize anything he's done over, at, at, you know, in Ukraine. I'm not so sure what I, what I would do different at all there. It's a, it's a mess. No, no. I'm, I, I've told you. I've said that before. I'm, I'm. I think that our response to Ukraine has been has been appropriate and and measured in terms of what we're doing. Um, we've taken advantage where where we can. The only thing I, I object to is giving them money because that is a sinkhole. Of corruption. Yeah, I agree with that. It was it was at the time of the invasion. That's one of the reasons why Hunter was operating over there. Um, oh, I'm, in, I'm so sure. I'm, I'm sure Hunter was not alone. <laughs> there were a lot of people from the other side of the aisle with their hand out as well. I mean, it, stealing money from not, the government not is not that, a not to that extent. Not to that extent. And and I'm I'm uh, you know he, he's a he's a disaster. And and I think I think we're going to find out if, if the Republicans get control of the House or the Senate. I think we're going to find out how much of a disaster. But regardless, I don't like I don't like giving them money. Well, I don't either because, because it, it gets siphoned off. Weapons, yes, load them up with weapons. Let them let them crank. <clears throat> this is I have yet, I've yet to hear hear anybody make make this analogy. So you'll you'll hear it here first. This is Vietnam. This is what happened in Vietnam. There were Soviet advisors and Chinese advisors on the other side in North Vietnam, testing their weapons, giving advice to uh, supplying them with with weaponry, high high tech weaponry, giving giving advice to the North Vietnamese, you know, so that they could so that they could kill you know kill Americans and kill American pilots and whatever. And so so this is turnabout. We're doing exactly what the Soviet Union did in North Vietnam. We're doing it, and, and we're we're. You know, we're believe, we've managed to inflict a lot more casualties a lot more quickly on the on the Russians than uh, than the North Vietnamese did on us. Well, we did in uh, Afghanistan when they were there, it, right? I'm sorry. We did it in sorry. Afghanistan when they were there. Uh, yes, yeah. Although not to this extent. Well, I mean, isn't that for why for the Afghans we, we just handed a couple of, you know we handed them a couple of stingers and said here go get them. This is a whole different ball game, and and, I, and I'm gratified to see it. I mean, turnabout's fair play. Hey. Uh... Isn't that why uh, Osama bin Laden hated us so much? He thought we'd bailed on them. No, 
chief. He hated us because we were a Western liberal democracy. Well, I, I get that too, but, but that, was the, that was the under. No, no, we were we were the we were the corrupting influence. He hated us because we we were. I mean, he took our aid, but he hated us because of our our presence and our corrupting. Well, influence he hated us because of who we are. I, I, I get that, but I mean. He specifically really hated us more because wasn't he part of the people fighting against the Russians in Afghanistan and we bailed on him? He, he was, but they were not, he was not, as far as I can recall from my reading, he was not upset, was not motivated to attack us in any way by the fact that that, that aid was, was cut off. He wanted us out of there. Okay. And, and you know, saw us as a, saw the U.S. and the West as a corrupting influence. Uh, what's the book? Uh, Matt can look it up. The twin, the uh, the looming towers, I believe it's called, which provides a fantastic history of um, of, of Bin Laden and, and the development of you know Salafism and uh, uh, Sufism, and that 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 really drove. I Why mean, did we? We got to go break here, but I don't understand that how the ideological. Uh, um, motivation there was very strong. Well, in the midst, in the midst of his foibles, when uh, when the Congress wasn't paying attention to Clinton, and he kind of lost some of his, uh, I don't know, credibility. I guess you want to say, uh, he he spot on. So I remember somebody asking him one day, "What's the, the single biggest threat to the U.S.?" And he said, "Osama bin Laden." How, how did that all get lost in the next three four years? I we lose track of the guy. What bigger? We got to dash the break. But we got to break. SP Futures down twenty one. As if he's down 100, we come back, we'll talk about why. We'll have to dig into this, this uh, England, UK stuff a little bit. We'll be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. 
I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold. The idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Have a few drinks and, you know, drive home. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, and we're back, Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Alman, Smith Burn on the board. Not, not the best news this morning, but we're coming back some. We're only down 22 in the uh, S&Ps, are down 105 in the NASDAQ. We were down actually quite a bit more than that when we came in. Um, so Dow's down 131. Uh, one of the stocks in the Dow, big stock. Apple's trading 146.55. is downgraded. Um, somebody downgraded them here today. A lot of... Uh, B of A downgraded Apple says weak consumer will cause all performance to end. Uh, you got that going for you. Uh, we got the problem in, in the central bank of England had to go save their market. We'll talk about that in a bit. Mm. But uh, this is not not great news here this morning. Despite in addition to all the stuff we're talking about with Lou, uh, DAX down 109.9 percent, FTSE down 41.6 percent, CAC around down 54. That's a full one percent. We're in Asia. They're catching up tomorrow. Yesterday a little bit. Nikkei up 248, uh, it's a full 1%. Shanghai down 3, call that flat. Hang Seng cannot go up. Down 85 points, 0.5%, 17,165. That thing is, talk about circling the drain. Uh, yesterday, Dow was up 548. SP Futures up 71, so like I said we're only giving back maybe a third of it so far. Uh, NASDAQ up 222. NASDAQ's giving back uh, half, so a lot of that's because of Apple. Uh, we've got bonds, 10-year up 11 basis points to 382. Where can, it, it traded four, where are we, Thursday, probably Tuesday morning. Uh, it traded four, but now it's sneaking back up again. Uh, Bond up nine basis points to 2.23. Uh, Japan up, up up one basis point to 0.26. A little bit of a breakout above 0.25 for those guys. Oil up 30 cents, 82.45. Brent up 41 cents, 89.73. Natural gas up 11 cents, 7.06. Long way from nine bucks where it was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, gold, which had a big run-up yesterday, down 12 bucks today, 16.57. Silver down 24 cents, 18.63. Copper up 5 cents, 3.41. Uh, Bitcoin, 19,500, so over the 19,000 kind of fear number. And we had a massive turnaround in the euro, the euro and the and the British pound yesterday. Uh, today they're kind of going the other way a little bit, because the British pound is down 25 uh, hundredths. So that's 108. It traded 104. I think Tuesday morning, so it was a big bounce back from them. Uh, Euro is 0.97, again, it made it down to 0.95, so it had a rebound yesterday as well. So the dollar fell yesterday, that's why gold was back up. All kinds of stuff happening, Matt. 
Three Air Force Traffic Weather Sports. And good morning. Currently 6.36 a.m. on Wednesday, September 9, 29th, 2022. Uh, traffic in Chicago. Currently there's an accident westbound on the Eisenhower between I-294 and 15A. Uh, that's exit 15A. Uh, currently blocking the right lane. Uh, expect stop-and-go traffic and delays up to 10 minutes. Another accident, accident northbound on the Tri-State before uh, Franklin Avenue. Uh, it's two left lanes blocked currently uh, due to solid traffic. Uh, other than that, traffic elsewhere this morning is looking pretty normal. Weather in Chicago, it's very cloudy right now and very chilly. Uh, we're at 46 degrees currently. Expected to be chilly throughout the day with a high of 64 and a low of 46. Down in Phoenix, partly cloudy, currently 80 degrees, a high of 98 and a low of 76 uh, we can only dream of those temperatures right now. That's 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 nice. Uh, the MLB last night, the White Sox lose to Twin City. That's four to eight. Both teams back again to play today at noon. Cubs beat Phillies four to two. Expect that rematch today at 1:20. And the Diamondbacks win against the Houston Astros. That's five to two. And of course, tonight is Thursday night football in the NFL. Dolphins are playing Bengals at 7:15 p.m. Dolphins currently stand at three wins to zero losses this season, whereas Bengals stand at one win to two losses. All for now, Chief. Back to you. The uh, this some of the stuff that's going on. You know, it, the weird part is, is a lot of this, well, except for the Ukraine stuff. All the rest of the stuff, the economy and everything, is all it's all, it's all so connected and was so predictable. I. I I don't understand. I mean, I, and I don't. I, f- I feel like I'm beating this economic drum here, but uh, I sort of am. But Lou, this is not. It's what you do, man. But but this is not. This is this this is like for you. This is uh, uh, getting a continuance in a court or something. Mm. This is this is not difficult economics. What I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you know stuff that Hale does where you try and you know dig up numbers of what the growth is going to be here and this kind of. If you have any kind of a increase in productivity here or something, something, every time you do something, you shove something to the extreme, Lou, the bounce back is is a pain in the ass. I mean, it, it, but it's very, very predictable. I mean, the, the, over in when I started in the business, the uh, there were no futures, uh, stock futures, so everybody traded off the thirty-year bond. Okay, and the thirty-year bond, the interest rates were so high that if you would have bought a bond at some point at a Let's put the 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 key bond okay was an eight and a half percent thirty year bond one one QCIP number was the was the was the bond that people essentially traded so if you want to deliver a bond I used to get this big stack of sheets every month on the board of trade because I was a board of trade member and they'd say well if you have this other bond you got to deliver one point zero zero one more than the other so there's all kinds of deliveries way, way too complicated but the fact is the eight and a half percent bond was trading sixty six bucks because if you take the eight and a half percent bond payment and the interest rate is twelve, you're only going to pay less for the bond. That's how you get the market rate of interest into the bond, right? You don't pay a thousand. Nobody ever pays exactly a thousand dollars for a bond. You pay plus or minus depending on what the market interest rate is. So when Europe does this shtick, and we talked about it for years, when you start having you know, you're, you're buying bonds essentially a negative interest rate or a zero interest rate. So if the bond is paying, paying say you got a bond that comes out as paying two percent, something simple. Well, if you if you buy it at exactly a thousand, you're going to get two percent interest for however long, and then you're going to get the money back, right? Well, if the interest rate goes to seven, and it's a thirty-year bond or a ten-year bond, next week your bond is going to be trading 
you know, 80 bucks or, or 75 or some number if I did the math. Because now at the 75 number, at the 2,000 a year that you're getting, that, two, that 2,000 now equals 7% interest instead of the 2, which is now the market rate. This, this is every, Lou, I got to believe that even though you were in law school, your first, you must have taken some business class someplace where you remember this from, from undergrad, for God's sake. I mean, this is not, this, this is not rocket science. So when the, when the, well, no. and, 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 and so I don't, I don't follow this as closely, as closely as you do. By the way, the Nord Stream pipeline is running at a depth of 80 to 110 meters. So about 300 feet. Sorry. Okay. A little 300 to 350 feet. So a little deeper than we thought. Well, so um, but but just, still, just let me finish this. reachable. Let's, yeah. Let me finish this real quick. Um, I'll try and finish it. Yeah. So now you had so, this, this so episode. I, I, need, I, need an, but I, I need an explanation from you. Okay. okay. So I've been, I've been following what's going on over in, in England pretty in, with, with a lot of interest. For one reason, I was just over there in, in May. And I remember commenting to my, my wife, well, the pound certainly, certainly seems to be, you know, a much more reasonable rate over here. And it was like 130, I think, at that point, or 140. Right. And I, re- I remember when I first went to, went to England in, in 1979, 78, it was like $250 <laughs> to yeah. the dollar. And I just, I just remember the con- making, making the comments, well, it's certainly going to really come down a more reasonable rate, and now it, it's barely a dollar. Right. Um, what, what is GILT, G-I-L-T? In a, in a, in a, as a financial term. You know what? It, it, she references to guilt with respect to what's happening it's, in it's London. One, it's I, one, I, don't, I don't know. It's, a, it's a European, you know, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's a European term where they, it, it's, it's, it's their uh, federal paper. You know, it's, it's like their bonds or bills or something, I think. I'll, I'll, I'll get the definition. But, uh, okay. but what I'm saying is when you, when you buy these bonds, the, the part that's panicking people over in, in, in London is all these people, these pension funds, and, and maybe the Bank of England on top of it, uh, bought all these bonds at these incredibly high rates, or low rates, meaning they paid a lot for the bond. And how many times have yes. you heard me say? Uh-huh. How many times have you heard me say, "What is their balance sheet going to look like when these rates go back to normal numbers?" Exactly. So now what you had is is you had pension funds in in Britain that bought these bonds at the zero interest rate or you know very small interest rates. Now, as the interest rates are creeping up, the price of the bond is going down. They're actually having margin calls in some of the pension funds because these bonds that these idiots paid like one ten for are now trading seventy five or eighty. You know, but why would anybody not expect that, Lou? I mean, I, 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 I don't, I don't know. And you know, on top of that, and, and this, this, I never did understand Boris Johnson's embrace of the green uh, energy strategy but on top of that they have introduced some things that are going to mean real pain for people in England this winter and and you know it is not it is not one of those places where people have the kind of financial reserves that a a 2000 or or 3000 pound a year increase in their heating bill is is going to be something that, that a lot of people are going to be it's going to be easily absorbed and and it they they are just like the rest of Europe, you know. With, with, with Germany, I suspect the the prices are are going to be overtaken by availability. You know, it's going to be like gas. It's going to be like the gas situation here in in 1973. 
It doesn't matter how much you charge for the get for gas gasoline. It's not available. You can't get it. I think that's what's going to happen in uh, in Germany. In, in Britain, I think you're going to be able to get gas. It's just going to be insanely expensive, and and the the price to heat your home with electric is skyrocketing as well because of the way they've they've structured their energy their their national energy uh, grid. It, it's insanity, and we're trying to do the same thing here. That's what I find just so remarkable. And you talk about predictability and looking looking at these investments and saying, you know, this, you can't you can't do what you're doing and and not expect a big fall. And, and this is the big fall that you and I have been talking about for probably four or five years at least. The same thing is about to happen with energy production. And and uh, you know who who thought this was a good idea? All the all the signs are there. Um, the only thing I think that's, that's I mean, if, if this was a Republican in office, we would see the mainstream press just lighting up, you know, oh, we've got, it's endless story after story after story about how all predict- this was predictable. Um, it, 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 they're they're screening they're screening the Democrats right now from from the implications of this, but but some cracks are starting to appear in terms of in terms of um, you know what this means and how this is how predictable this was and. and what you know? What is actually going to happen when when the strategic petroleum reserve runs out and we can't tap it anymore? And and uh, you know that that's going to happen. That's going to happen sometime around Christmas. Ho ho ho! Well, I, I think we're somebody somewhere, and I, and I and I have to believe that you know that they're not all as as dumb as Iraq. But we actually have a a few ladies at some I don't know how that they hooked onto us, but um, we have a few ladies in Britain that actually listen to the show. And every once in a while, I get an email, and uh, with, you know, rarely, but once in a while, I get an email saying that uh, I mean, they're they're electric, but I don't think the average person over there. I mean, I, I mean, it, like here every, every week, we talk about starting a week off on a down note. I read the the savings number, which seems to go down every single week here. I can only imagine what's happening over there. I I don't know that people have you know six months of stuff stored in the bank. I mean. The, the ladies who write us, one of them is a pharmacist. I don't, I can't imagine she's getting, uh, you know, fifteen percent raises to go with the. What, how much of their utility bills are up like twenty percent this year so far, or something? I mean, I, I don't see how anybody uh, can hang in there with that on top of the the days lost because well, of the COVID it, and everything else. And, and it's not just it's not just the personal expenditures. I mean, one of the things that we were hearing when we were in, in Germany and in Czechoslovakia was that you know the, the Czechs produce a lot of. Or Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic. Do you know? You know, this. This is I'll, just to give you an idea of how how your outdatedness catches up with you. I, I told my my uh, Google Nest Hub that that, that put, puts pictures up and, and, and is a part of the display to show all my pictures from Czechoslovakia, and it said I don't understand. And after about five times of trying to pronounce Czechoslovakia in various ways. I, I finally figured out that I needed to say the Czech Republic because Czechoslovakia doesn't exist anymore, yeah. and Google knew that even if I didn't. Um, but when I was when I was in the Czech Republic, you know, they, they produce a ton of glass, and and one of the retailers we talked to said, yeah, the, the factories are going to shut down. They're going to so it's not just going to be your personal savings and your income stream is not going to keep up with this. For a lot of these people, they're not going to have an income stream. You know, they're not going to have work. Well, I had a uh, you know client call. Client calls all the time. Client calls yesterday a few, and one of the guys was uh, 
and I, I don't ask what businesses people are in and no car, but he owns his own place, bright guy, and he and he says, you know, uh, and we have him in the protected program, so you know he's lost a little bit along the way because it's market's gone straight down, but not very much. And yesterday he had a real good day like everybody else, and we were able to roll stuff up and maybe lock some of this in so today won't be that bad of a day. So uh, anyway, the. Uh, he says, "Why? Why aren't we going? What, what makes you think we're not going lower?" He goes, "My business is off ten percent. Everybody I talk to is off ten to fifteen to twenty percent from last year. What's this BS we hear on TV? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know about the the uh, the, the the thing. I, I I don't understand about. I mean, obviously the people on the right, a lot of them, you included, are always always uh, flailing away at at, at TV and uh, in, in, in the press and." I don't know how I would exactly characterize the the stuff I watch, which is CNBC and once in a while Fox, Fox News, and I don't I don't think I would even I think the problem there, Lou, is that it's not it's not news. It's it's a show. It's entertainment, and and they and their 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 motivation is a lot different than yours and mine. I mean, they they, they want to always talk good about everything. They always want to talk good about these companies because when they have earnings out, they want the chairman on their show first. They only want to let lob them softball questions. They want to interview the Fed people. They don't want to have. They don't want to give them hard questions, or they won't come back. It is. It is a totally different mindset than what you and I have. I don't know that it's it's ideological. I think it's just ratings related. I mean, uh, the, I mean the the, uh, the guy Siegel, the little old guy who's the uh, from Wharton that comes on and usually just asks a few questions. Well, he went off on his rant last Friday. It's all over the place. He he was wild. <laughs> I'm sitting there agreeing with him, but I, I, I was cheering him on. He he started talking about anybody who talks about how these wage increases are inflationary, basically is out of their mind. He said a wage increase lower than lower than the the, the increase in prices is not inflationary at all. In fact, I screwed himself. I mean, he, he, he's, I mean, how many times have you heard people and and one after another talk about how these wage increases are fueling inflation? The wage increases are four and five percent low, and the inflation's nine. How, how is how is that fueling inflation anywhere? You're not even keeping up. I mean, but yet all day long, that's all you hear. And little, little stuff like that, but it gets in people's minds. And if you go anywhere and have a, a beer at some bar in the middle of nowhere, somebody's going to say, "Yeah, wow, we got all this inflation because everybody's getting a raise." It, it absolutely permeates. And, and I don't know why we we continue to give no matter what the subject is. We're giving the wrong message. It's not like I'm right all the time, but but, but I'm, I'm there's, th- there's things that you see on the legal side going. How can that guy say that? It's totally wrong, and yet it's there month after month, year after year. I mean, w- what is causing well, this? What, is it just one of, great, one of the great lines that I I saw on Twitter was that it was to the effect of the the the, the profession that's been damaged most by Twitter is the legal profession because you have so many lawyers on Twitter saying. Absolutely idiotic and and indefensible and just just stupid. Um, and I, I have to I have to agree with that, which is one of the reasons why I try not to make legal commentary on Twitter because you know I, I, invariably the temptation is to reach out and and you know speak on something you're not qualified to talk about. I I don't I don't know about you know I, I'm not I don't have enough economic. Uh, IQ, enough, high enough economic IQ to, to understand uh, the ramifications of, of the, the Fed and what, how exactly this is playing out. I know the basics, you know, too much money chasing too few goods drives prices up, 
And if you if you keep pumping money into the system, and I think maybe this is what the wage increase crowd is is saying, if you keep pumping money into the system, either through wage increases or or federal uh, bailouts or whatever, um, you you simply are driving the inflationary pressure because or increasing the inflationary pressure because because the, the product it's not being. The, the increase in money is not being accompanied by an increase in productivity. Exactly. Um, and so, and so that that's a pretty. That's my. That's the Lou Michaels. You know, sum of Lou Michaels' economic knowledge, and that, that there it is, right there. Well, you you could be on um, the Fed with I, that knowledge. By the way, UK government bonds are are colloquially known as gilts. Any UK government bond. Ah, uh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. I I kept looking at that, going, what the what the heck is that term? And I I actually. Almost message or calls you and said, "What is this?" <laughs> well, it's, to, it's a colloquial term because exactly what was happening with with trust. I mean, I mean, she's she, she's walked into a maelstrom, and and so has the uh, the woman in in Italy, uh, and, and and none of which is their own creation. Uh, although with the, the the people in with trust, the, the the situation is of her is of her party's creation. Um, but none of this is of their own creation, and they're they're going to have a really rough ride for the next you know the next year or so. Well, Louis, it, it comes but down. Let's, in hope, it. let's hope the ride. Let's hope the ride is just economic, and not military. I, I would agree, but I anytime one thing that my, my life in economics, not just the reading, has taught me is every single time somebody drives anything to an extreme, it's some people make a real lot of money, and the rest of the people don't. I mean, the same thing happened back in uh, the 70s when we drove inflation to the extreme and interest rates to the other end. It's just the absolute mirror image of what's happening now. You, you, you can't have 12% interest rates. You can't have zero interest rates without some people really getting damaged. That's why you want to keep things steady, as, as steady as you can, and let the economy work itself out as much as it, it usually can do. But you, you don't... I mean, uh, does anybody think that paying 140 for a... a for a a two percent interest rate bond isn't going to have a isn't going to have a, a recoil somewhere during the thirty years of that bond. I mean, really? I mean, th- I mean, how many times, Lou, did I say this? These are really poor investment decisions. If you gave me your your dad, unfortunately, has passed. If you gave me your dad's portfolio, and the first thing I did was buy a thirty year bond at one percent, you'd say, "What are you doing?" So, so you you can't have you can't run a company or a country based on on, on investment decisions that are horrible. Because eventually they come home to roost, right? Yeah. Oh no. I, I, I. So, you know, the question. I guess the question is: watching what we are doing here now, um, and, and I look at, for example, just the student loan forgiveness program, which, you know, I, I thought I thought sent the wrong messages from a, just a, a philosophical perspective, but. You know, now somebody, I read some number that, that said that the ultimate economic impact of this thing could be, could be as high as a trillion dollars in terms of, of overall, you know, sort of flooding or throwing, throwing money back into the economy. And again, without, without any increase in production. And I, I just thought, who thought this was a good idea at this time? And why did we do this? And, and again, I come back to the ideological Perspective of of the um, you know of, of the people in charge. 
Well, lo- some we're, of it though, we're, we're going to throw money at the people that support us. I, I mean, this wasn't even a, this wasn't even a, this wasn't even aimed at low income people. Well, it's it's, you know, it's the traditional it's, beneficiaries. Of this but it's thing. it's no different than the right wing lady in in Britain saying I'm going to lower taxes to the people that put me here. It's it's the same thing. You, you throw all yeah, the people's money so, at the people. So that that was an interesting. I saw that was an interesting article. I mean, when you lower taxes, you automatically are are benefiting. The people who are paying the most taxes when you just lower tax rates like that. Um, I, I I assume investment. Do you buy? Do you do you lower the tax? You're generally. Well, I don't. I don't know what they. Well, I don't know what she. Well, I don't know what she. In terms of the detail, I never really got the detail whether she's lowering capital gains taxes or the or the or the highest bracket or whatever it is, and, and I don't even know what the highest bracket is over there, but it might be high enough that. But actually, it's it could be a very good idea. You know, I mean, obviously, when Reagan went from well, from Kennedy went from ninety to seventy, and Reagan went from seventy to fifty, I think those were incredibly good ideas. But but then again, nobody ever paid ninety. You know, there's there's, there's all those all those kinds of of things. But whenever you whenever you do, I think Lou, that you and I, um, maybe we have different views on on this. I think if you and I sat down and had a bunch of people come in. And, and really educate us on this entire student loan program. You and I would have made very serious changes, and it, it, it may have involved some some interest rebates. It may have involved a lot of stuff. I don't agree with the way they did it, but for sure there, there, there's something wrong with that program where people are paying, you know, six and seven percent when the the Fed's lending money to other people at two. I mean, and we're we're scalping our students, and I think a lot of like I had to, you know. Discussion when they got my guys the Fed one night about credit card debt being written off and how much it is, and I said, "Wait a minute! If somebody buys a sofa or, or has a, a, a hospital bill of ten grand, all of a sudden they can't pay it, and, and they ju- and they jump the rate up to God knows what, and then start putting penalties on it, and they may write off a hundred thousand. But the fact is, the hospital bill was only ten to start. And I think some of this stuff with the student loans enough involves penalties and all these, and, and I." There's people around disability that can't pay. I mean, I think we we would probably have shaved a lot of that off in a totally different, more intelligent manner than they did. But I think there's a lot of stuff wrong. And plus, if if you give everybody a, a 2% interest rebate for the last five years, even somebody who paid it off should get a check, shouldn't they? You, 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 you don't want to penalize the person who paid it off, which is, I think, what you're, where you're well, going. Well, that's, that's exactly what they've done. Yeah, yeah this, I mean... This was, I mean... I, I look at this, I, that's why I said, for, from a cultural perspective and a philosophical perspective, I have big problems with this. But, but I, you know, the economic, I really wasn't, I really wasn't convinced that we were looking at that much of, a, of an economic hit. But, but it, it just, the, the, the chicanery that goes on with, with this stuff, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm pointing at this particular, stat, this particular act because uh, it, it's the most recent. I mean, first of all, it, it's almost certainly illegal and unconstitutional, and we'll see. We got a lawsuit filed. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I one, but but again, it may it may be it may be one of these things where you know the White House did like they did with the with the eviction notices. Louis, had, just, uh, um, we only have thirty seconds. Let me ask you. Let me ask you one question on what you mentioned earlier, and I don't want, I don't want to go into it, but you know that I was basically farting around with those. Those old uh, bearer bonds years ago, and I, I learned a lot about uh, how many wacky people are in the world in the economic underground. Uh, but it, it's, it struck me when you talk about you know the Hunter Biden situation and so forth. One of the guys on the 
some guy from Europe I was talking to said if you decide you're going to do a, uh, any kind of a, you know, say you and I get all kinds of money, we're going to build a water, water treatment plant and God knows where. Um, guy told me that if you, if you have people on the ground, maybe 50% of what you pony up is going to go to the water treatment plant. If you don't, if you just count on the place where you send it, you're going to have, you're lucky if 10% goes into it. And and I think a lot of that, a lot of that is stolen by our people. Hunter Biden maybe being the leader of the posse. It's been this has been going on forever. What percentage of a normal grant to Nicaragua schools or something do you think actually gets to the Nicaragua schools? Over I'm talking about over 50 years, not just over one administration. I'm going to say if it's 50%, I'd be stunned from what I from what I learned. I'm I'm sure I'm sure that and watching a really kleptocracy at work, a really effective kleptocracy at work, I would I would say that the, the percentage is, is whatever it is to put just enough in to look like you might be making progress on the project, and the rest of the money disappears. Right, and I think it disappears on this end and that end. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, go take care of yourself. Watch that voice. SP Futures, now we're down 36 again. We're diving. NASDAQ Futures down 150. Uh, Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. (laughs) Yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 
708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. I celebrate the guy's entire catalog. Blowing up back stocks and jacks. I'm Tom Al at Burn on the Board. SP Futures now down 37. We were just talking about a rally to being down only 20, but now we're down 37. NASDAQ Futures down 150. Did we have uh, Mr. Dan, who's been uh, had a hurricane chasing him all over Florida for the last three days? You do indeed. <laughs> yes, I'm here. <laughs> you know, when you told me you were scooting across the state, um, I had a friend, I hope I still do have a friend, but I haven't talked to her in ages, ages, but she worked for uh, Pritzker's Nursing Homes. Right, and they had pretty high-end nursing homes all over the country. I don't know if they still do, but uh, whatever. Which that's one of the reasons why I was so mad, uh, not mad, but concerned about Jay Pritzker making uh, making uh, nursing home decisions during the COVID. When uh, I don't think many people know that the family owns them. But anyway, but so they had a, a nursing home, I think, in Naples or someplace, and yeah. this hurricane was supposed to come in whack Naples. So they did this massive, and they did a nice job. There. I mean, I'm not criticizing their nursing home. Supposedly they're really nice. Uh, they got all these vans and everything and buses, and they 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 evacuated the whole place, and I think drove them to Orlando, where they had room in a couple other nursing homes. And the hurricane missed Naples totally, went right for Orlando. <laughs> they still had, they still. So when you said you were heading across the state, I'm going. I hope he's going the right direction. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, the the eye of the storm went right through my neighborhood. Do you so, have any idea um, what it looks yeah, like? Yeah, we had we had mandatory evacuation. We have very good um, local news coverage, and um, which, by the way, is no longer we can't stream it anymore because that's gone dead as well. There's no connection there, but. Um, from what I understand, from the few people who stayed, you know that it was, you know, damage-wise, you know, it's a lot of flooding and and you know damage here and there, but it's not, you know, like a tornado didn't hit any particular area, so it's uh, doesn't look too bad. But yeah, no, we got we we're watching the Iowa, you know, yesterday afternoon, heading right through my neighborhood. <laughs> oh god! So yeah, that so was he, about as. I know, saw a picture uh, of all these guys with. Uh, it must have been there must have been some kind of a seawall or something. They had all these dudes yeah. with their boats on these cans, like it was in Monroe Harbor here in Chicago, and I'm thinking, there had to be 50 of them out there. I'm thinking, these guys, they must want to get the insurance on these boats, because there's no way those yeah. things are. Yeah, they, they, they cans got to hold that boat. I mean, I, and my brother said, why are these why are these people, all these cars in people's driveways? I go, they must want I mean, I'm, I don't think you want to buy a car from down there. There's got to be a lot of flood titles floating around. Yep. No, no, absolutely. And people, I, I noticed that actually this past weekend with people, people's boats just stuck that they don't even use. And um, was jokingly talking to a friend saying that, yeah, they may be looking for, for the insurance money, um, waiting for something to happen. So they had their opportunity. Was your house still up? Upright? As far as I know, as far as I know, I, I um, all of my neighbors relocated, but we're talking to each other. So um, as far as I know. <laughs> well, I mean, so now you have to have... Regular old homeowners does not does not yes. does not cover this, right? Yeah, well, it depending on what damage is done. Um, the I have wind storms. You know, we have wind storms, so that'll cover um, 
hurricane damage, and then you have to have flood to cover any flood insurance. But uh, where I live is elevated a little bit, so it's unlikely to have flood damage, but um, more likely to have windstorms. Yeah, yeah. It's green ports over your over your pool um, blows away, and that kind of stuff was happening. I know that kind of stuff was happening uh, yesterday. So, um, but yeah, I've been through been been there been there done that. Been through this a couple times. This is just the process, and this is our. Uh, and it just comes out of the blue, you know, these storms. We never yeah. would have expected it. Um, but, but um, yeah, I'll have more to report next week, I'm sure. Well, the guy used to share a, a little quick story. He used to share, well, share a spot in the OEX pit. There was a spot that if we had to, we could squeeze in. But normally he was the morning guy, and I would come in at 10 o'clock, and he'd go play basketball and go to the bar. Uh, nice guy. We've been friends forever. Uh, his parents had a, a condo in the in basically – the Redneck Riviera with the uh, Biloxi or someplace. And uh, they were, you know, there was a big beach, and then there was something across the street, then there was a street, and then parking lot, then there, then there. So they were, you know, half mile maybe, uh, three-eighths of a mile from the water. And uh, so they one of those storms, not Ivan, but one of those things like 20 years ago, just wax right there, you know, <laughs> one, of those, one of those deals. So <laughs> he goes down there, and I said, so what's the deal? And he goes, the place is gone. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. only, the only thing left was was the slab of concrete. And he says to me, "So where do you think the TV is in the dresser? <laughs> I mean, where does all that stuff go?" I mean, it, it, so then, they, of course, nobody was there. It was totally evacuated because it was—I don't know—it was one of those ones that was, you know, this Category Five. And and uh, and I said, "Well, Ronnie, what's uh, what's with the insurance?" He goes, "Well, they don't want to pay a dime. They're, even though nobody was there, they're saying it wasn't wind; it was all flood." <laughs> they they don't know. It took, I'm going to say five years later they got fifty cents on a buck or something. Uh, yeah, that's too bad. I mean, FEMA steps in when it's de- when it's declared a national um, or a local emergency. So that that opens the door to have FEMA um, come in and, and assess damages and all that. So that's that's the uh, good news. And, the, and it was declared a, a, an emergency. Jeez, uh, a couple days ago. You know, long before it happens. So it's, um, yeah. Usually, when you have a mandatory evacuation zone and and it's an emergency, you know, and it's a, um, you know, uh, considered an emergency on the on, on the state level or the national level, then you're then you're you're um, eligible for FEMA for flooding. Well, how, how, how do you know? Takes, but it's how do you know if the place is habitable before you drive back home? Yeah, that's an issue. Well, hopefully one of my neighbors will get there first, so I'll have the heads up. And I'm just working from um, my uh, generous friend's home, who has an extra room and a and and a, and a separate office and all that. So it's uh, so this works out okay for me. My bigger concern was not having electricity, you know. So even yeah. if the home is you know has minor damage or whatever, that's okay. But when power goes out, people don't realize that's your AC at this time of year. Air conditioning is a necessity here still, so. And it's also your ability to work or, or really stay informed with what's, you know, your cell phone will run out after a period of time. Most likely you're not going to have a cable connection or an Internet connection. So um, so it's good to be, you know, kind of be, it's good to be in a field where you can just do that. You can just transfer and continue to work, you so know, when you go just back, move you, a few hours down across the state. And, you got to do the alligator and snake check when you go back in the house? Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> it was all boarded up and everything, so hopefully they didn't get in. But <laughs> there might be one in the pool. <laughs> God. Uh, so what'd you do with your yacht? Uh, my bo- my boat 
is actually, I belong to a boat club now. So that's the better way. I, I did own a boat a year, years ago, and, and then I found this boat club that's a much better deal. So they do all the maintenance, and they're like a mile, well, two miles from my house. So uh, you just, it's, it's like renting. You know, you call in advance right. or you book online, and, and if it's a rainy day, you don't go. And when you, when you go, you just get down there, and your group just gets in the boat, and you come back, and you don't do a thing. You just pay gas for the whatever, you know, how long, long the trip is. So it's a... My, my group is called the Freedom Boat Club, but I would highly recommend it to people who are relocating, um, say, from the Midwest to Florida and have always had a dream of having a boat. Um, a better dream, <laughs> honestly, yeah. would be to, to belong to a boat club, and they're very reasonable uh, price-wise. Hey, uh, we got a, I have a couple of questions that I have to roll by you before sure. we get started. What, one of my clients uh, wants to know what about munis. I'm going to say that I, I find them very difficult because their insurance companies use, just buy them for the duration and they're really hard to get in and out of. But that's from an execution sti- side. That's my criticism of. Them. But what do, what do you say about them? Now, because we are operating at a you know in a, a platform that allows us institutional access, we don't have as much of a problem on the liquidity side, so we're able to help in that area. But um, in terms of whether munis are a good buy right now, they. Certain names, this is going to be very name-specific, just like it would be with stocks, where you're able to get as much, if not more, yield than you would on a comparable treasury, I would say go for it. However, I would also say that because you look at the two-year, which, you know, today the, the yield has come down, but it got as high as the other day it was 435, that in itself is a better, much more liquid security, uh, rest easy, sleep easy, security, and although the credits, you know, if you have a AAA rated uh, muni or, you know, a high grade muni, um, although you, you're not too concerned about default risk with those names, you're not really getting paid enough. So for an individual taxable account, they make sense, but on a name-by-name basis. So you, if you could get, um, you know, you know, a, a a school district or whatever in Indiana or um, and that was yielding you know five percent where the comparable treasury was yielding four then that would make sense but I would not I would not buy something that is not yielding as much as the comparable treasury well would you not ever can you ever do you ever find one I mean I, I guess you know we would have to <laughs> I'd have to call you. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't. I don't need yeah. another whole area, area to be an expert in. I mean, I'm, I'm having trouble enough being an expert in the areas I'm supposed to be expert in. Uh, so you would you once in a while. I mean, how would you even find a uh, you know a, a, a city of uh, Lafayette, Indiana, with what, somebody wants to unload one with a, a year to go that's paying five percent or something? Obviously, if we could do something like that, we'd love to do it for a couple of our clients. But I don't even how would I even become wind to something like that? Yeah, so the great thing about interactive brokers on the trade, the trading platform will ha- does include an inventory, and you basically put in your, you know, whatever your um, restrictions are or whatever your constraints are. So you want, you can actually put in, um, you know, for the for to get the, your list of names that you have can potentially buy. You could put in um, munis up to five years, uh, certain credit rating, certain yield. Um, and then it'll come. It'll it'll produce a list of uh, inventory that they have, and it'll actually go as far as telling you what the price is. And that would be a place to start. And then to look at those munis 
that again have as much yield as the comparable treasury. So you're not going to probably find any that are AAA rated, but if you can find some that are, um, you know, single single A rated that are yielding as much, if not more, than the comparable treasury. And if you're living in a place like Chicago where, you, you know, you can get the state tax and the, you know, any city tax um, exemption as well, that's the most bang for the buck. I still like buying, although you could buy a premium, in other words, one that trades over 100, I still like buying um, bonds, any bonds, at 100 or lower because of that, um, what they call negative convexity, you know, it, it, you have, and you also could have potential call risk. So you got to look at the call dates because uh, a lot of municipal bonds are callable. Um, but the default risk on municipals in general is lower than it is on corporates. And over time, if you look, if you do your homework on these names and you buy a name that you may have some familiarity with, you could buy a lower-rated municipal bond that's going to make it, and you have a even if it were to default, you have a very high recovery rate. So you do have the backing of the government or the entity, um, but you just have to watch out for uh, call prices. And you also, like I said, you don't necessarily want to buy one where you're getting a yield that's much lower than the yield on the comparable treasury. So like say a two-year muni, you want to look at the yield on the two-year treasury, and if that yield is going to be much lower, I would stay away. It's just not worth the investment. Well, the... Uh by, by the two-year treasury instead of the two-year muni. Right, Dan, we only we have uh, um, twelve minutes, and you got to solve all the problems in the world here. What? Who are the, who are the massive winners and losers on this pound euro currency? Move? Yeah, I mean, it, the, I mean, it's. I mean, from your perspective, I mean, I can. I've been talking about it all week, but I'd really your your opinion. Who? Uh, is there anybody we would just kind of know that's a big loser or winner? I mean, somebody obviously. God help you if if you've got to be paying interest in dollars on some note, and you're and you've got pounds. I mean, you live in Britain, because I'm yeah, gonna... there could there could be some buying opportunities um, right now, and there could be some uh, people that benefit. But the the problem, and you know, I, and I've always said this with a little bit of um, you know just experience is is just that here when it comes to anything on the credit side, the U.S. really is on top. I mean. You know, we've had some bumps along the way, but we're really the the country that leads um, anything to do with credit, and include including the timing of of uh, tightening and loosening. What the the B of E, what the, what, what uh, the UK is trying to do right now is very tricky, where they're actually uh, raising rates at the same time that they're putting more money back in the system with this bond buyer program. So they're in a sense trying to. Um, just, uh, they're trying to create the, the the slope or or the shape of the yield curve, and that to me kind of goes against policy. You can you can do one or the other, um, and maybe you can pause on the um, quantitative tightening. That that that's an option. But what they're doing now could potentially cause more problems because you could end up with a recession and an economy that's in worse shape and higher rates. So because they're trying to do too much all at once, so. So I would say the the people who would benefit, um, you know, to the extent that you could short, um, you know, some something that there may be a, a shorting opportunity here, if there was a um, like say an ETF that, uh, and this isn't something that we normally do, but if there was an ETF that uh, tracked the um, the gilt, the uh, the bonds, uh, the, the 
the um, you know the bond over in Britain is the bonds they refer to as gilts, and then it could also be a currency play here as well because although the dollar is much stronger um, than the sterling right now, there's you know it could get even stronger. The sterling could get even weaker um, as they try to pursue these two sort of you know diametrically opposed um, strategies. So th- there's there it, when it plays itself out i think there's going to be some more um damage and some more um and we're going to look like heroes in this environment because we have done what we say say we're going to do when we're not really trying to overdo although some people may agree with that but i think that we're in on the right shape they're going in two different directions to try to for you know try to prevent two different things and that's just not the way the the economy works it it just doesn't work like that so um, winners, you know, if there's some way that you could short um, in this environment, I think you could make money. If you could short the the gilt, or if you could short the, you know, you can short the currency. Certainly, um, relative to the U.S. dollar, I think you you probably okay. Um, Vanity, uh, I'm reading this article, and you know, you come on, you you've got your business, I've got mine. We enjoy talking to each other. We we lob some some stuff out there. Does it ever does it ever bother you? <laughs> I mean, you're, 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 you're just Dan Janitas, a good guy, and I see this stuff these guys did in this Bank of England. They must have a boatload of bonds that they bought at zero or half a percent that are, yeah. now, that are now trading 60, and yeah. they, they're getting margin calls in their pension funds. I mean, And, and yet, you come on, and I, I agree with you, you say you don't ever want to do that. When it's that low, you go out maybe a year... What's the matter with these guys? Why, when, well, if they listen to you on Thursday, they, how, do, how do the people that the, that the British put in charge make that kind of a mistake? And how the people we have in charge here, we, we now have hundreds of thousands of people in a house that they can never get rid of because they got a 3% mortgage a year ago, which you should never be able to get, and, and now they're seven. We, 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 I mean, how did how, the simple stuff that you and I talk about? That's basic. How is it that these governments, every one of these guys, now has made a mistake? What do you suppose the the uh, European Central Bank portfolio looks like of the crap they bought at negative interest rate? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't look good right now, and I can't say that there'd be any. You know, if if they start selling some of this at discounted rates, um, if they if there's say for example some corp, corporates in there. Um, then there might be a place where you can step in. But the, the one thing I'll say, and it's kind of a, you know, it's just a generalization, and it's just from all the years of experience, it's really hard to be good in our investment. Our, our, in our world, our world involves constantly keeping up, um, even when we're not working, even when we're on vacation, even on the weekend. Any news that comes in that impacts our investments, we have to keep at least one eye to it, if not both eyes, and we really have to understand the relationships. I find, at least in my experience, and this is no um, knock on any political, specific political figure, but politicians who come to serve for a period of time generally are not going to be experts in the financial markets in particular, and even in the way they view um, economics. So for some of our local people to be saying that we're not in a recession is crazy because we are absolutely in a recession, and in our our the contraction in our economy is going to continue. Same thing holds true over in the U.K. I mean, you've just had a change of leadership there. Um, there was, like, talk of tax cuts, which, again, I mean, that's just, this just is a weird time um, when, you're, when you're 
you know, trying to control inflation and and you're putting more money back into the system. It 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 you know the the general um, policy that they're trying to put through the general strategy that they're trying to put through makes sense, but you need the timing. The timing is the thing that's really essential. So when a ship is sinking, you don't continue to throw more water on top of it. And that's you know that's sort of my analogy of what's going on there right now. That they're 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 only going to exacerbate their you know both inflation and difficult economic times there um, at the same time here I think we're doing a better job but I still think the you know the our, our leaders in in the Fed are um, some of them are really good some of them are really experienced but but to a to a large degree there there's still people who hold positions for a short period of time and they may want to look make themselves look good during that time rather than knowing what's best for our economy and our financial markets longer term. So we have to listen to them. We have to pay attention to what they're doing. But then that will also help us make decisions. And for me, the decision that all of this makes, going back to one of the questions you had initially, is where to be in this environment. Um, stay away from risky assets. Put your money in. You know, the, you get some decent yield on the, some of the short-term you know, bonds. I think some of the utilities still have a way to go. We talked about Otter Tail. It, it came off since last week, and it's more attractive today at 63 than it was last week at 67. So there, there are names that are um, very high quality, and on the days that the market rallies, like it did yesterday, you can make a little money and, and sell. I wouldn't be trying to do that level of, quote, day trading with um, tech names, and especially the, the smaller um high data tech name. So this is definitely the time based on what, what you've addressed, which I think is a good point, of this sort of confusion amongst um, bank leaders and, and politicians. This is the time for financial markets to, for us to look at the safer or safest investments. And we do fortunately have some good places to look well, at right now. Well, at what point, uh, by the way, I'm agreeing with you, which I guess is bad radio. Uh, the at what point here? I've got the, the pound right now this morning. It, it touched what 104 the other day, and it's 1086 now. Uh, it's actually down a little bit today. Um, so the dollar's stronger. Uh, that's what got gold down and all the rest of stuff. Everything kind of moves in concert, right? But uh, w- at what point do uh, <laughs> there's no nice thing? The good thing about IB, I guess, is there's nobody to call. The bad news is there's no, nobody to call. Um, we could maybe call our guys over at RBC because they're you know owned by Royal Bank of Canada. And say, look, I got I got a client with a half a million bucks. We want to buy pounds, and we want to buy a two-year or five-year UK bond. So we're we're hoping to make money not only on the interest, but on the on the the bounce back in the uh, currency. in the currency. And yeah. at, at some point, is that have you ever done something like that? Or would you ever consider something like that? Yeah, absolutely, but but not right now. Not right now. Yeah, not right at this moment. You, I think it'd be too early. Um, there, there would be. I think there will be a time down the road. Um, I think our, uh, you know, if you look at the U.S., I think our financial markets and our economy are going to be the first to improve. We don't have that extra layer of concern now as much as we did a year ago with energy. Um, you know, right. gas prices in Europe are still going to be an issue. Anything, any. Thing in Europe right now is going to have a higher risk just because of its proximity to the Ukraine, and especially when it comes to, 
to energy issues. And then I still think there are concerns in other other places as well. So the time to start looking is when you can lock in some decent yield, like say some short-term yield. I think we're going to see higher short-term rates, so 5 to 6%. Lock some of that in as a steady, um, and then at that point go looking for some ideas that could be like currency related um you could even do it with canada as well because we you know we look very attractive relative to canada and we've actually done that trade um but be careful um because you could be sitting on this you know underperforming asset for a long time what's uh we got a couple of minutes here i don't know if you uh i don't know if you well you're, you're probably not staring at the tv all day but in the midst of uh you know i, I listen to him because once in a while he comes up with something i don't think about uh, Jim Chanos was that, and uh, he, you know, he's Mr. Bear or this and everything, but you know, kind of belay that. But he was saying that the we got the Ukraine crisis going, we got the energy thing going, we got all kinds of crap going on. He said under underneath that whole mess is the, the total degradation of the the Chinese real estate market. Yes, and yes. He had that, and I'm I'm really concerned about this sudden sudden rise in mortgage rates, not the rate. It's the sudden rise in the rates yeah. that I think is pinning people into their houses. They keep, most people can yep. ne- could never move right now. If you have a three percent mortgage, you can never move, at least for like a real long time. I mean, what? How, how do you even know whether he's right about the Chinese stuff? I mean, I gotta believe that the, uh, the at the rate the yuan is run is going down versus the dollar, the interest rate payments from there to here on these dollar denominated debt have to be have to either not be coming or, 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 or boy oh boy, I don't know how anybody's paying that interest. Yeah, I mean, Evergrande was the, was the company that sort of started it, and there was probably a fair amount of um, information on Evergrande initially. And the one thing, you know, also, if you have, uh, I know the Chinese, we kept, we kept talking about them buying property here, buying even, um, you know, farms and, and, and yeah. get involved in, you know, not just buildings, but, you know, various aspects of our economy. And they, they didn't have it right. In fact, they had it wrong. Um, the amount of due diligence in order to make sure you're purchasing the right place, you know, the right property, um, is probably well beyond what they're used to doing and also what they have the experience to be doing. So they're stepping in because they see what they consider good opportunities, and they may not be wrong, but the timing is very essential. And so they've gotten themselves in a mess. Um, They also don't have the experience on the credit side to know how to have the, you know, the, the collateral that backs these, um, purchases working in their favor, um, and you know, in terms of whether you're getting a high level of income, you know, you don't want to be, for example, in shopping centers or, you know, if there are certain certain investments that you don't want to be in. But the Chinese have stepped into those investments now, so I would not trust someone, and I'll call China the someone who doesn't have the level of experience to be making these decisions. The people I would trust would be people here in the U.S that have run some of the top real estate firms that may have gone invested outside of the U.S., but have focused on the areas that they know best. So, again, going back to home, if you will, going back to staying with what we know best and what we can predict here that would be a lot easier. I can't imagine how the Chinese can come into the U.S. and really understand how our economy works, Um, the nuances and, you know, the... The relationships with um, the the, de- the developers and all that—I I just don't know where they get that. Yeah, we got it. We got a dash, bud. Uh, we'll talk at you uh, next Thursday, if not sooner, maybe sooner. Sure. Uh, SP futures yeah, down absolutely. thirty. And good luck when you get back home. 
if there's a big yeah, old thank you. If there's a big old alligator there, try not to wrestle it. Just you have some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send pictures. <laughs> thank you. Have a good weekend. We'll be we'll be right back. We have a, a Colin Levesque talking about some uh, some bets, and we have Jan Flanagan. So we got a nice next half hour as well. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back, Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen, Matt Burn on the board. It's the lowest we've seen the spoos here, down 52. So we're, we're racing reasonable amount of yesterday here. NASDAQ down 201. Uh, down down 211. So this is this is looking pretty ugly here. All of a sudden, uh, we adjusted some yesterday. I guess we should have adjusted more. Uh, I thought we might get two days here, but then again, uh, getting hard to get two days. We're lucky we got one. I guess Dex down 182. Now it's one and a half percent. Footsie down 77. 1.1 percent. Kick around down 88. One and a half percent. So Europe down uh, all over one percent across the board. 
Nikkei up is uh, 248.9% because they're uh, kind of reading off our yesterday here. Shanghai down three, call that flat. Hang Seng down 85. That's another half a percent, 17,165. And we were worried when that thing went under 20,000. Now it's danger going under 17,000. Uh, yesterday, that was up 548. S&P up 71. So we're giving back two-thirds of that. I guess that would be a Fibonacci retracement. Mm. Matt, you know what that is? Fibonacci. He was one of those yeah. guy, old guys with the beards. Uh, NASDAQ that was up 222 yesterday, and now we're down 213. So we're erasing just about all of it, unfortunately. Uh, bonds up nine basis points, 3.80. The bond up 11 basis points, 2.25. Uh, so you can imagine uh, what those bonds that those that they got in there at negative one percent look like in, in terms of their value today. What the, versus what they paid for them. Uh, Bank of Japan 0.26. Oil uh, up a quarter, 82.40. Brent up a quarter, 89.57. Natural gas down six cents, 680. Under seven bucks now. What a great short of over nine bucks. Uh, of course, did anybody do that? No. Our Bob uh, down a penny, 256. We've got gold after a run-up yesterday, down 790, 1662. Silver down 19 cents, 1868. Copper up 7 cents, 342. We've got Bitcoin uh, down 372 to 19,175. So we've, we're, we're back under this 20,000 by a long way. Uh, and we've got the, the currencies, we got the, they're falling again. The, Euro, the euro's down 44. Uh, the pound's down 35, so the pound's back down to 108.5. Euro's 0.969, so they're, they're sinking again here. What do you got for us, uh, traffic weather sports, man? Good morning. Currently 7.38 on Wednesday, September 29th, 2022. Uh, traffic in Chicago, a little, uh, I say a lot this morning. An earlier accident westbound the Eisenhower before ex- uh, exit 15A is clearing up, uh, though still expect some slow traffic and delays up to five minutes. Uh, a little more traffic than usual today. East and westbound on the Kennedy is pretty solid at the moment. Same for both sides of the Eisenhower. As well as that, heavy traffic northbound on the Lakeshore Drive uh, from the Stevenson to Ur Randolph Street. Weather in Chicago, uh, currently cloudy. Though the sun had uh, started to peek out a little bit in the last hour. Uh, gave us a nice sunrise there. Uh, we're currently at 47 degrees. Expected to be chilly throughout the day with a high of 64 and a low of 46. Down in Phoenix, a different story. Partly cloudy, currently 77, a high of 98, and a low of 76. In the MLB yesterday, the White Sox lost to Twin City 4-8. Both teams back again today at noon. Cubs beat Phillies 4-2. Expect a rematch today at 1-20. And the Diamondbacks win against the Houston Astros 5-2. Tonight is Thursday Night Football in the NFL. Dolphins are playing the Bengals at 7.15 p.m., Dolphins currently stand at three wins to zero losses this season, whereas the Bengals stand at one win, two losses. All for now, Chief. Back to you. Do we have Colin or do we have Jan? We do indeed, both guys. Colin, how are you, buddy? Chief, good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. You were, uh, last week, you were right on the button on every game, but ended up one and three. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, I was going to tell you, we are actually on the wrong side of history last week in two of those games. Um, so the Bills lost to the Dolphins. Chief, if I had told, if you had told me last week, Colin, the Bills are going to outgain the Dolphins by almost 300 yards and run 90 plays to the Dolphins' 40 plays, I would have said, Chief, let's play two touchdowns of the Bills. Yeah. Um, they did that and they end up losing. They're only the, the second team since 2006 to outgain an opponent by 285 yards and lose. Um, and then also in the Denver 40 game, we had the 40, 
we have the 49ers um, money line basically are minus one and Denver was the first team in 30 years to win a game um, and having and still having eight more three and outs than their opponents so if that's how we're losing some of these games chief I'm okay with it I was uh yeah, I was looking at him. You had a big winner with the Irish, but that was an easy one. You were you had a winner before the third quarter was over. Yeah, it was nice to see them get back on track yeah. and see that offense uh, get going, like we talked about. And how did you feel about that one, Chief? Uh, they're doing they're doing you know they're doing some better. They they still need a, I would consider to be a a, a better quarterback, but uh, uh, but the, the one those two running backs look like they're NFL bound, don't they? They do. They have a lot of talent on that team, and um, I know Marcus Freeman has a, a, a really, I think, it, perhaps the number one recruiting class in the country coming in next year, I think. So I uh, have to give him a little bit of a time here, and uh, hopefully they can, you know, he, next year, you know, that loss to Marshall this year really hurt, but hopefully yeah. next year he'll what do you, uh, him, you know, rolling right up again. Real quick before you give us the, the bets, uh, yeah. there, there were teams, and uh, John, you can opine on this as well, there were teams back in the day, I mean, Pete Najarian used to tell me that never gave a four-year scholarship, that they just got everybody from JUCOs. I mean, it was like North Dakota State and uh, Utah State, and there were, there were several of me. Do you think the time is going to come where nobody gives a four-year scholarship, they just give everybody sort of transfer protocol? Yes, this transfer portal is nuts. Uh, it's really changing the dynamics of college football, and you can just see it, like, for example... Um, Washington Huskies, they have a, a kid named Michael Penix Jr., if you remember, was a quarterback at Indiana. Um, he just jumped in the transfer portal, went up there, and he's completely changed our team this year. So I don't know. I, I, the transfer portal, college basketball, college football, has really changed the dynamics, and I think it's actually made it pretty good because um, you have these impact players going from one school to another, and they don't have to sit out that year. So I, I think it's great. Well, the kid from Boise State, they fired his offensive coordinator, so he said, screw you. And he quit, and he's in the tr- transfer party. Irish could probably <laughs> use it. Yeah. Hey, all right, so yeah. you got to give us our picks because i got to talk to Jan about what's going on over in UK. Yeah, sure, absolutely. We'll run through them real quick. Um, so tonight, Chief, we're going to look at the Bengals here uh, at a, as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So Miami does come off that, that grueling win over Buffalo. Hmm. Uh, defense is on the field for 90-plus snaps and 100-degree-plus heat. Now they have the shirt week. They have to travel up to Cincinnati. Uh, two is banged up. And then you have this hurricane going on right now um, down in Florida, which I think are, will impact a lot of these players. So great situational handicapping spot for the Bengals. Um, and then also in uh, the pros, we're going to look at the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday against the Washington Commanders. Um, you can either get the Cowboys right now at minus three or even two and a half. And this is really kind of a fade of Carson Wentz and the Commanders. Um, really got destroyed last week by the Eagles. And he can't really get out of his own way at this point. So, And I'm surprised by how good Dallas looks with Cooper Rush at this point. So we're going to take them. And then uh, in the college game for, um, for Friday night, Chief, the team I talked about, the Washington Huskies, they are a three-point favorite going to UCLA. Um, Washington's been tremendous this year. They... We're in a tough spot last weekend against Stanford as a 13-point favorite. Stanford and David Shaw has typically been a, a tough opponent as a heavy underdog in the Pac-12, and Washington took care of them. So we'll look for them to take care of business at UCLA. And then really the last one, Chief, that I wanted to talk about was the, uh, 
the Atlanta Falcons and the Cleveland Browns on Sunday in Atlanta. Won't be weather impacted in the Dome. Um, both of those teams are 4-0 to the over right now, so we're going to look to take the over uh, 48.5. And, and the Falcons have been pesky against the spread, but uh, scoring a lot of points not much defense. So that's how it looks this week. Um, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, I'll post some picks on Twitter as well this weekend. So, so if, the, uh, if, the hurricane, if the hurricane's sitting right on top of the dome, as long as it's a dome, it's okay? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, I guess. But they're talking about moving that Monday night game, that, that Tampa Bay-Kansas City game, possibly to the Midwest somewhere uh, because of those weather conditions. Wow. Yeah, I wonder what the field looks like. Well, the hurricane will be long gone. You just wonder if anybody can get there. You know, I know, and I'm wondering if the, the, the Buccaneers will be able to score any points. Oh, God. Uh, it's been pretty ugly so far. If, not, right, they, if not, they can just play in the eye. Yeah, they got to wait, though. <laughs> Thanks, Colin. Talk at you next week, buddy. Take care, Chief. Um, Mr. Flanagan, what's up? Oh, good morning, Tom. So you're putting down so your bets. You, this is shaping up to be here. You want the Bengals, the Cowboys, Atlanta over, and you want the Washington. There you go. You got them all down? <laughs> what the... Uh, I this is uh, I was talking to a client yesterday, and I said, out of out of all the uh, the times I've been in this business, other than maybe to crash, the the the, the, the arrows coming at you from all different directions. I had no idea that the, U, the UK pension funds were having trouble because of these bonds they bought at these ridiculously high prices. And a guy comes on yesterday and say, "We're not even talking about Chinese debt; they're all bleeped up." And I'm thinking. I've got four or five things on my list I'm worried about, and my list isn't long enough. I'm like, what, what are we doing no, well, here? Well, I, me too. I mean, this is something that clearly has been you know, waiting in the wings for you know, a bad convergence of, of things like we're seeing, um, and it couldn't you know, go on without some kind of, of you know, eruption in the markets. But this, the size of it and the urgency of it was really unknown to me until this week. So, Well, I... Uh, you know the weird part is, John. I've been I've been short various times as TLT, which is these long term bonds, thinking that these these interest rates were going to go up. I mean, and I've been, you know, I'm going to say we were a little better than fifty fifty every time I got short the stuff for my clients. It seemed like every time it would look they'd look horrible. The Fed had put more money in and it bounced the other way, and we'd we'd win two in a row, and then all of a sudden we'd get our butt kicked on one. And I'm like, where you know where did that come from? Yet if you just would have. I guess short of the damn thing two years ago and, and, and you know taking a trip across the world in a sailboat or something when you come back you're a big winner I mean but in the meantime these these starts and stops by these central banks make it very very difficult I mean trading's difficult anyway because evaluations are tough and you know we have uh, you know all kinds of people that are I mean our biggest single holding and uh, everywhere across the board that I do business with is Apple. And now Apple is getting basically its ass kicked last few days, and uh, everybody, you know. But it's not the stock of Apple; it's it's the cathedral of Apple. You know, I, I have no problem with the company. I mean, I they do well; they got a lot of money. I don't like the, their China stuff they got going over there, but I don't have anything you know bad against them or anything like that. But I mean, the the you know these these people, it's it's like Steve Jobs is sitting next to the big guy upstairs or something. I mean, I, the and, and we, you know, NVIDIA is the same way. And we've got a lot of these stacks that people just love. We get, we have people that get nailed in, in Facebook. I mean, that, uh, yeah, well, now Meta. And we had people that were in Netflix. You know, I mean, some of these stacks are just not, they just weren't worth where they were. But they were there because, the, you know, the Fed pumped all this stuff up. And now people, you know, 
people get hurt on the way down because you can't deduct the taxes. Where if you if you made money on a stock, you got to pay the taxes. I mean, this is this is really imbalanced. And and here we have a situation. I I never dreamed. I mean, I, I you know this. I mean, I told you the story a million times. When, when I, I was out of school and I was working at Pullman, and Robin and I were in the remodeling business, and we had a few places. And we we bought this condo on the north side, and uh, and 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 Robin was a big shot at Pullman. She was assistant treasurer, so instead of getting a, a mortgage like we had done before and had to pay the points and stuff, which basically comes right off your profit, assuming you make a profit on the flip, uh, she got us a, a bridge loan. You know, we were, we were like one and a half over prime or something. So I'm sitting there, well, that's great. It's 8%, but that's okay. Mortgage was worth 7 But then we didn't have to pay to, you know, all the crap you needed for a mortgage. So, uh, John, six months, we were 14. 14. It took me six months to remodel the place. I was, I, we, we broke even. I was never so happy to break even on a trade in my life. I was able to pay off my credit cards and stuff. And, you know, the guys that I that borrowed money for the lumber and all that stuff, I... I was so happy, but the, the rapidity which with this happens, and, and the one, once this once it ha- it starts to go, it's dramatic. I mean, these mortgage these mortgage rates were three percent when in June, and now yeah. they're seven. Well, I mean, first of all, if you bought a house and you got a mortgage of three, I guess the the if you if you bought a place well within your means and whatever. I mean, good luck to you. I mean, you know, kudos to you. If you scraped together every penny you had and you bought a place in June and you paid a higher price than than you would have if the rate had been seven, I hope to God you and your wife stay healthy, stay in your jobs, and can live there for 15 years. Because if you can't, you're screwed. Right? That's absolutely right. If... If you factor in, you know, the, the volatility that you're referring to, which, and you, know, I'm, I'm afraid to pick up the newspaper or you know, open up any website, you know, early in the day, lately, for fear that something completely out of the, you know, wings has come to center stage. It's kind of like that with with the pension funds in the UK. Um, but add to that the the political volatility, Tom, um, here, yeah. everywhere else. Um, you can see it in the Italian elections. You can see it in the, the EU's struggle to kind of hold the whole thing together now. It's becoming increasingly apparent they can't. And you got a war in Europe for the first time since World War II with Ukraine and Russia. I mean, there's things that I, if you if you put you know one of them aside, you still got more on your plate to kind of factor into where this is headed than you can possibly keep track of at one time. Um, and you, you, you put all of them together, and I just I think that the, the outlook is as, as strange as I can ever remember it being. Well, I, the out, outlook is poor. Like, is what I mean, I'm saying. It, and, and as you say, for people who are just trying to hang on to a, a dwelling place, let alone you know even go down if, it, if they're an empty nester and they want to get a smaller house, as you said on, on the show. That, you know, how are they going to afford a seven percent mortgage unless they? They're going to have to downsize a lot more than they ever had any plans to. Well, if you if you've got the equity, and you and you bought a place, you know, ten years ago and, and or fifteen years, and and you and, and you're just trading dollars, uh, you're you're okay, you know, basically because your mortgage probably is going to be that big. But like, uh, but when Nancy says people are smarter this time, and maybe because people are using people like Nancy, I haven't really seen the 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 uh, well. 
until it happens to you, you don't feel like you're stupid. Same thing with me on the on the, on the, on the bridge loan. Uh, I sure felt like an idiot after after the thing went up like f- four points in, in three in like five weeks or something. Uh, the uh, I don't think I don't think people are are doing the buy the new place and then we'll think about selling the old place. I, I don't, Nancy says she sees very very few people carrying two mortgages, so I think people are being pe- the people have learned a little from two thousand and eight, uh, and I don't think are strung out as much as as. I mean, I, ha- I have more confidence in the system and the people than I did in 2008. So I think that's we got that going for us, I hope. Uh, and I, I actually really believe that's true, John. But this is yeah, I think that's recent enough where there's, there's people who are still in the market and they haven't got, you know, they're still some years out from retirement. They know what happened, and they're, they're being much more deliberate and careful than people were in 2008, I think. Well, the funny thing is, and it's... And it's you know, I think that everybody thinks, well, I guess I have an ego on some of the stuff that the economic principles because I, I did that. But I'll tell you what, on the trading and stuff, John, I'm so happy this morning that we have a kind of a team concept here at uh, at PTI because uh, my, my brother uh, does most of the trading on the one side and, you know, we together. And then I have another fellow who does the trading for all our sub people that we do business for. So there's three of us that have all been here for like a long time. And of course, being brothers, you, you you disagree all the time, right? Well, yesterday was a massive rally, first one in like a really long time, and uh, we had set ourselves up, ourselves up for our clients. We'd roll down, roll down, roll down, and then we we actually on the upside we had done some repair strategies, which essentially gave us an opportunity to double up for a while on the upside. You know, this is technical talk, but it's. It's what you get when you have a professional doing your stuff instead of trying to do it yourself. Shameless plug. Uh, because I, I don't think anybody has an idea what the hell I'm talking about when I thought we're repair strategies. Anyway, the market's way up yesterday, and now we're up a bunch on these things. And <laughs> the question was, after one day, do we do we you know, we take our, our, our shekels and run? <laughs> you know, and, uh, and my attitude was, hey, guys, when, it, when this turns around, the central banks look like they're talking like it looked like they did yesterday to get everything moving the right way. It's very seldom a one-day event. It's probably at least a, a two-day event. So we discussed this back and forth for like two hours, and finally I said to my brother, I said, okay, we got three big positions. Let's take the money in two of them and let the third one essentially ride into the day. So we took the two that we had the fattest property. Uh, thank God he talked me on it. I mean, I, I, I'm stunned that we're down almost as much as we were up yesterday. I mean, I'm absolutely stunned. I'm, you know, I'm supposed to know this stuff, but this is this is this is bizarre world, Jen, and and I'm just so happy that we have kind of a team thing here. And those guys said, "Look, this we haven't had any kind of a rally. The stuff you're always talking about is still there. Let's at least take some of it." And I said, "Okay, let's do it." And uh, I wouldn't have done it on my own, but I got talked into it by guys that have obviously cooler heads, <laughs> you know. And I'm, everybody knows I'm not a bull. I just thought once once we had a good day, we might actually have two. What wrongo? You can't make that prediction, that's for sure. No. One, one thing that's different now, Tom, from 2008, and we've talked a little bit about it you know, in other shows, but um, the percentage of home sales, single-family home sales, that end up in the hands of institutional you know, invest, investment companies, you know, BlackRock or Vanguard, or corporations that you know, are not going to live in the place, and they're just they're holding on to it as an asset and going to rent it out, has climbed, as far as I can tell, every quarter, you know, more or less, for a long time. 
the, the most recent figures I could find were from Reddit in the first quarter of this year, which shows that you know, at 18.4% of all single-family home sales, you know, those sales ended up being, the, the, being purchased by um, institutional buyers. That, that, that's like taking almost one-fifth of the single-family housing stock out of the private sector as the private sector is thought in most people's minds. Here's a single-family house. It's not a, a condo development or a planned unit development. It's got an owner who's living in here and raising a family. But that's not at all what this model seems to be going towards. And as people are getting you know, squeezed on, on the rapid rise in interest rates, they're getting squeezed in inventory of available houses to buy. Most of this seems to be happening, by far the most of it is in the southern states. Um, Tennessee, Mississippi, Texas. It's not a northern phenomenon, and that, that has me puzzled, too, although somebody seems to have targeted the southern states as the growth area where people are going to be moving in ever greater numbers, and they're sitting there waiting to capitalize on this influx of people who won't be able to buy or won't have as many options to buy as they used to, but they'll still need a place to live, and they'll pay whatever rent they're required to. This was not the factor that people had to worry about you know, 15 years ago, but now I think it's a reality. Well, Jan, what the, you know, you've been around, I, mean, I say you probably know more about the housing market than I do, I mean, where's Audrey and Nancy when we need them, but to me, the housing is al- it's almost like it's almost like the oil market, where you go back to when you and I were in college, and you see this ebb and flow. We got too much oil, and it's such an inelastic uh, uh, demand and supply curve in the short term. We get a little too much oil, all of a sudden gasoline prices go flying down. And all of a sudden everybody goes, oh, screw it, let's, let's close off all our wells. And two years later, oops, <laughs> now we're, we're slightly short on the oil, prices are going up, and then we start. We've iterated, we only got a couple minutes here, but it seems like we've done this in housing, back and forth, back and forth, where everybody has apartment buildings and they all go condo. Then all of a sudden, everybody says, oh, screw it, let's go back to apartment buildings, let's buy the condos back. I mean, I, I don't know that just because these guys are, quote, big, I'm not sure in a rising interest rate environment, I want to buy 4,000 houses right now, cash, and all of a sudden, two years from now, when the, when the, when the rates are you know, 7% across the board, and I can get that on a, on a treasury, that I want to have all that money tied up in houses giving me nothing. I mean, I, I'm not so sure that's the right move on their part. Well, you know, but what's what's also apparent too is that they're buying properties like Nancy and Audrey had described. The typical home buyer isn't interested in today. They're buying buildings or houses that do need work. Okay, and and, and clearly are not you know going to sell for top dollar, but they can still outbid anybody else who's looking for a you know a do-it-yourself project. And you know that that to me shows that there's a targeting here of properties um, that they feel you know the. The market isn't really interested in it at the moment because every, everybody is stretched so tight. Well, John, let's uh, payment and try to make their monthly. We, we got a dash here, but we got to repair us. Let's let's talk about more more about this on, on uh, Monday because you've you've hit a nail right where it's supposed to be hit right here. I think mm. it's not just it's a combination of what you just talked about, what Audrey talks about in terms of people wanting move-in condition, and what Nancy talks about that that people. You know, their last nickel is is in the house and in the mortgage. Those all combine together. No, nobody wants the house that needs any work because they can't afford to do the work. Mm. It, it's not just laziness. It's not just 
you know, a guy like Matt Byrne maybe not as likely to pick up a hammer as I did when I was his age, yeah. you know, type of thing. But it's not just that. I think it is what you're talking about. It's a deeper subject. Why don't we go into it more on Monday? Mm-hmm. The deal. Okay, but so now go get your bets down. <laughs> <laughs> not a betting man, Tom. <laughs> if, if you knew you had, I like a w- listen to people talk about it though. <laughs> if you knew you had a winner, you'd be a betting man. Right. <laughs> I got the wall. That's if you just down forty nine. As if you just down one eighty. Uh, back tomorrow, stocks and jacks. Brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. If you can't learn how to close, you better start thinking about another career. And I am deadly serious about that.